Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today, we're going to do things a little differently because if you've been listening for a while, you keep hearing me bringing up this whole Nick Jetta dude who helped me start this podcast. And I say all these nice, wonderful things about him. Not that I should, but I decided to bring Nick back on. And before we had talked about it, he was like, what do you what do you want to talk about today? So, Nick, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I don't think you know this, but it's been two years since you bullied me and we recorded the first episode. Oh, that's so exciting. Like to the day? Like, I think it was four days ago, but pretty dang close. (laughs) That is awesome. And also time has been flying. Yes, I know, right? So we don't have a real script for today. We're going to go off of it like Nick and I vibe from day one. We don't have to go through the typical lay of the podcast because you've already been on it. So I think twice. This might be my third appearance. I think so too. Mm -hmm, Because we talked about marketing and all that good stuff. So I'm going to selfishly ask about the podcast myself, but what made you kind of bully me into starting this podcast and being like, I'm sick of hearing about it. We're just going to record and do it. I mean, yeah, a few things were that (laughs) one, you wanted to. I did. Right. I think when we first met each other, I was playing around with this marketing idea that slowly and surely I've put a process and deliverable to, but it was this idea around people market best when they're doing things they want to do. For sure. Companies struggle to market because they feel like it's a chore or they have to be doing A, B, and C, and they don't truly believe in it or they don't understand how it's going to grow their business, but they're doing it because somebody told them they had to. And so it's not fun. It's tedious. It usually costs them money. And then they're very micromanaging around the results of the work. And my push was if we could change that and say, hey, let's do only the things that you really want to do, you're actually going to be better at executing. And so that's kind of what we did. And we we're like, all right, what would be fun for you to do? And you're like, I've always wanted to start a podcast. I was on a few podcasts at the time. We were getting a lot of business from it. I saw the results of how you could use it to grow different aspects of your brand outside of just the podcast itself, turn it into other pieces of content, leverage it to host events. And yeah, you talked about it forever. And we kind of just sat down and said, all right, it'll cost us $300 to get the materials. You can get a mic, get some headphones, free softwares, and then let's just sit and record a podcast. So it's been awesome to see it grow. Yes, it has. And it's crazy. I just got a live critique of it this morning from five podcasters that do this for a living and editors and all. And they said, we have have good podcasts here. So I'm living I'm my high horse today. So we love that. And I think, and we'll dive into what you're up to now and how I also have bullied you into doing what you're doing now, just manifesting that. But I think what's interesting too, when talking about marketing and everyone has always said like, oh, podcast, it's a big production. You know, you think about Joe Rogan, who's got top podcasts and it's hours of content. I'm like, I don't have the money or can do that. And you're like, but he only has a three person team, right? Like, it's not a big thing. But it's still, it's it seems like such this big, like, ooh, a podcast, but it really isn't. It's this microphone, mm-hmm. this headset, and Zencaster, and it's super cool. So I love that you simplify so many things. A couple hours a week, like you sit down and record, you send it off to somebody else to go get it edited, and it's there. Exactly. So I'm, a, yeah, still a massive proponent of this platform. Mm-hmm. Big fan. I just want to do the selfish plug. Thank you. I appreciate for uh, giving me my flowers. You got it. But talking about you. <laughs> What's happened in the last few months and where you're at? Uh, I'm unemployed. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm back out of corporate 
America and back into working for myself for the first time in a year and a half and kind of trying to navigate what that's going to look like. I think I have an idea and I think I know, I have an idea of what it could look like. I, I'm like pretty clear. I'm like, this is an option A. And if I do all the right steps, this is how it's going to unfold. Um, but I actually have no idea on if that's going to be the route that sticks or if I decide to choose something else entirely. I mean, I was done working in December 15th, 2023. And now it's January 31st, 2024. It's been six weeks. I've really been using it to explore some things and relax and hang out and create a bunch of art, have some conversations here and there, but work has really not been a full push yet. And what has that been like? Because where a lot of people and especially a lot of guests we've had on this podcast, like, oh, yeah, I figured it out. And you're kind of like, hey, I'm exploring it. I'm making bomb ass art, which go to the show notes and go look at Nick's art because he's incredibly talented. But what has that experience (laughs) been like for you? Um, it's a mix. It's exciting. It's stressful. Um, there's like days obviously where it's so much fun and you're like, yes, I have this open day. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to cook all this food. I'm going to cook. I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to do art, hang out. And then there's days that you wake up and you're like, am I ever going to make money again? (laughs) And how am I going to do it? And where am I going to find the clients? And it's really coming down with just like, it's about, it is about consistency, but then the same thing that we just talked about. It's kind of about doing what you want to do. Like we said about the podcast and like, it's only going to be fun if you spend the time doing things that excite you. And it could be really miserable if I sat down and did cold outreach all day long and stressed about not having calls or just like forced myself to do all of these things that felt like a chore. And instead, it's been much easier when I wake up and I say, hey, I have two and a half hours today. I'm going to carve out some time to do some outreach, post some content, have conversations where I can. And then use the rest of the day to not stress and go have a really awesome time. And so like that balance and then it's been six weeks and I'm slowly having conversations be booked and first paid client the last two weeks to come through. It's getting back on the horse and rolling. But yeah, so it's fun. It's stressful. Learning that I don't have to be working 18 hours a day to see the results. Like it's only been six weeks. I'm giving myself essentially 90 days to ramp back into this. So Obviously, it's the biggest blessing. Yes. But. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, I know I wasn't the first person you called, but I was one of the top people you had said, like, hey, I'm on my own now. Like, this is what's happening. And what I always preach to people is, like, have the conversations with people in your network that see your value or, like, friends, family members, old coworkers, whatever, because our relationship started professional and then we just became, like, great friends, which has been great over the last almost four years, which is crazy. But... It's just relying on the people that can be your kind of like minion for you of not to toot my own horn, but I've connected you with some people. I'm like, oh, I think like you two would vibe and let's do this and let's do that. And I don't feel like that feeling ever goes away of like, am I doing the right thing? I mean, I've been in this business now six years almost and I still get that feeling. So it's just never goes away. Yeah. And I think honestly, the hard, the scariest part is for a lot of people like not knowing what to be doing, like what to be spending time on? Am I spending time doing the right things? And I think it's nice after, obviously, you know, I was self-employed for two years um, for the last year and a half. I just did the same thing with the book of business and was working with other organizations to figure out how to make them money through marketing. Like I've seen the cycle so many times that I at least know that every single day I'm doing the bare minimum inputs necessary to turn the wheel. 
which takes so much stress off of me. And I'm not like, well, do I need to be doing this and this and this? So um, I don't really have the fear of the unknown. It's more of a timing. Can I be patient enough to see this through? And are you a patient individual? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Sometimes. I'm like, ah, I don't think the answer is yes to that. <laughs> also, I mean, so the other thing, right, is I'm so open to new opportunities right now. The idea of exploring is like, I don't have this dream to be the self-employed marketer. I don't have this dream to be really a full-time artist either. I want to do something different though. <laughs> and so if something comes along, that's like, hey, we're going to take you totally off track and we're just going to bring you in this other direction. I want that. So I'm kind of being patient, like looking for where that takes me. Well, and you also take the time to, like, we've talked about this. If you're like, yeah, I don't maybe want to be all client work, like all client facing, because I mean, you could, you have done that, but you really shine in the operational piece or the strategic planning within marketing analytics, like content planning, all that great stuff. And I think a lot of people don't sit down and like, what do you like and what don't you like? And how can we make that happen for yourself as a consultant or who can you partner with that can, you know, sell you for you if you don't want to do sales or business development? Something I really admire about you, too, is you're always about like, just do it. And I'm like the walking hypocrite of like, yeah, I'll tell clients to just do it. But when it comes to myself and you bully me in the best way to be like, no, just do it. Like I had inquired to you about like, how do I start writing a book? Because like, I keep feeling called to like, write a book. Like, what do I do? And you're just like, start writing. I'm like, but don't I have to plan it? Like, no, just start writing. (laughs) So I admire so much about you, how you just like, make it so simple with everything, whether it's marketing content, or just like planning things, you're just like, do the freaking thing and you'll make it happen. Yeah, I think that's too. It's an old mindset at this point, I think it's beat to death on like LinkedIn and other self-help books. But one, it doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever it is you're doing, like that's the point of reps. It's like you're going to suck when you start. It's going to be bad. I published, self-published an entire book that was pretty awful and led also me to writing a second one that I'm like pumped about, right? But like you have to go do both of those things. And then the other piece is in order to be the thing, you have to do the verb. Ooh, Right. So like in order to be considered the noun, you have to do the verb. You can't be a writer unless you write. You can't be a marketer unless you're taking risks and going out like market and actually doing the work. And I think people want to be the thing, but are afraid that the work is bad. So they just stay stagnant. You can be the thing even if it's bad. Right. You know, you don't have to be the best or good. The part like all of that is just doing the work, sitting down. Well, and if we listen to our first episode, I it makes me cringe. You were great, but I didn't realize because we didn't have our lovely editor, John Gay of Jag and Detroit podcast. But I said right after every single thing you said, and I listened to that episode. Of course, it's the top downloaded. Some are creeping up to you, so you might not be number one forever. But it's so funny because if I listen to that and I could sit there and harp on it, and now we're at. 105 episodes I think we just released I think you'll be like 110 or something oh yeah but yeah I could sit there and harp about it and be like oh my gosh this is so bad two years ago but now have good cadence and feel really good and like you said you're not you don't wake up an expert or you weren't born like hey I'm meant to play basketball and look at me I'm an NBA all-star like no reps are important there yeah so I would love to see kind of like your process of how are you figuring this out? What are these conversations you're having with potential people? What's this exploratory phase been like? And of course, like making sure you're not stressing yourself out or working 15, 18 hours a day. 
really all I've been doing is marketing in the morning, paintings in the afternoon, and eating somewhere in between all of Great. it. Which has been like <laughs> <laughs> my entire day. I've been trying to grow the marketing I'm doing, obviously, to pay the bills. Um, and I think I've developed, especially after this time, like a really strong process for executing for clients. I really don't do any outbound marketing or sales. Everybody I've talked to has come in through me, through LinkedIn, through my website, book free marketing audit. Like I'm pretty hands off other than producing content on LinkedIn. But yeah, I, that's it. Market in the morning, paint in the afternoon, eat somewhere. <laughs> Make sure you eat. Amazing. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people too are like, oh, I have to go zero to a hundred on everything where you could have said, hey, I need to do art full time or I need to do marketing full time. But the fact that you're splitting your time, I would say 50-50 with it. And you especially made a LinkedIn post like sharing your art, which um, someone bullied you to do. And it's, oh my gosh, <laughs> popping off like your girl knows a thing or two about LinkedIn crazy. How did you kind of make that decision of like, I want to do both without feeling like you have to put all your eggs in one basket like a lot of people do? Yeah, I think there's like a there's a threshold, right? You can't do everything, but you shouldn't stick to having like no diversity in what you're doing. Burnout is a thing for a reason. And I mean, ultimately, I just don't have the aspiration to be this person who's like, I have to have the big company. I want to be super successful. Like, I don't need that. Um, I have a very bare minimum mindset. And to me, it's covering the bills, little money aside, and then getting to do what I want to do. Part of the reason I got out of being self-employed in the first place was like, I need something that gives me a great work-life balance where it kind of just like incentivizes me to like close a laptop at five o'clock, not worry about work on the weekends and open up that time for me to spend more time doing what I actually wanted to do. Find hobbies again, spend time with family. Just kind of found that that was much more important to me than work ever was. And I think transitioning now into what I'm doing today, it's kind of like keeping that or not forcing myself into a bucket. that says like, hey, you have to put all your energy here because to my point, if something else comes along and it pivots, I don't need to be running 100 miles in one direction just to get turned around. Um, kind of feel like I'm just kind of floating, waiting for something to pull me somewhere. But yeah, so it's really just easy of knowing that like I want to spend a majority of my time creating, getting to trial and error things. Obviously, need to spend some time working just because it's a necessity for me right now. But there isn't anything that's like forcing me to like, I have to be number one. I have to be successful. Success only comes with, you know, a million dollar years. Not what drives me. And I think too, I mean, we talk about spending time with family and friends and doing what you want to do, but your structure, your family structure and friend structure is very similar to mine where I come from entrepreneurs. I mean, mom and sister being entrepreneurs, partner being entrepreneur, <laughs> um, lots of friends, of course, being entrepreneurs. But even if you're having fun, you know, shooting pool out on a Friday or whatever that may be, like you still are having these conversations that, yes, aren't suit and tie and, you know, buttoned up and we have a clear agenda. But some of those situations, and I think you and I were drinking over Zoom one day and we uh, had decided to like, screw it, let's do this podcast. So even if it wasn't like a formal meeting, sometimes those are where the best ideas come from. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think there needs to be like a separation of even just like brain fog to not be focused on the thing at hand at the time that I guess you find 
the thing that you're looking for, there's something of just like separating yourself from the environment in general, that like external input from something that's totally unrelated actually helps you get to, yeah, where you're trying to go. That was really vague, but it makes <laughs> no, it sense, sense to me. I know. But even going back to you creating art, I mean, you're still using those same, that same brain power, we'll say, to be creative, to, yes, it maybe doesn't directly align with marketing and ops and all the strategy and things you're doing. But I found even just like, I love reading memoirs. That's been my jam. So finding inspiration where it doesn't seem directly linear of just like, you know, writing or just putting yourself out there. I mean, writing resumes is pretty a little bit in a box, but still, oh, this is a great idea for this client or this is a great idea for this. So I think a lot of people don't make the time for it or don't have the time for it. And it's always hard to get started, I feel. Are you saying for just like creative stuff in general? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I realized that all of a sudden I didn't have hobbies anymore. Like I did nothing. I was like, I work and then I'm tired and I put on Netflix or yeah, we go to the bar with the boys and play pool. That's kind of how it went. And I didn't have energy for anything else. It wasn't like, okay, close your laptop and now stress yourself out about some art because something you actually care about. Um, It took a lot of effort and like space for me to just be like, this is okay to spend time on and needs to be fun. But yeah, I definitely just, I went through a phase where I didn't have any hobbies and I had to get back to it. Like go find things that interest you. And how was it picking up that paintbrush again or starting to do this? Because I feel like you went zero to 100. You were like, oh, I bought some canvas. Then you're like, I just I finished this at 5 a.m. today. I'm like, OK, go off. We love this for you. But well, I, I lived in a house without Internet. That's true. <laughs> I remember I lived in a home that didn't have any Internet, which really opened me up a lot of space and time. So it was something that I felt like I was occupying my time productively Again, even if it sucked, because there were god awful paintings at the beginning of the process and like don't know how to use a paintbrush. I don't know how to like pair these things together in a composition that looks even remotely appealing. You know, going through all of that, but I it was easy to lean all into because otherwise I was gonna be bored. It was like sit on the couch, read a book, or paint. And so I was just like, Well, all right, I read thirty two books last year. Wow. Made over fifty paintings listen to so much music but a lot of that is due to the fact that i didn't have internet i think don't have a tv either mm-hmm. yeah oh and finished writing a book last year so we had some creative explosions i guess and the experience was interesting because i went and watched nick's dog hank for a long weekend and i was like w-? i'm like you didn't tell me you don't have a tv like what am i getting myself into but i read two books i forgot what the project was at the time like i did a whole puzzle i mean I did so many of these things again, I had put off and, you know, although I was not thrilled with the experience the first day of like you, I drove out here and there's no internet and I have to use my hotspot (laughs) and he little didn't tell me all these things, but I was so thankful for it by the end of the week or weekend because it forced me to do the things I've been wanting to do. I hadn't read a book in like six months or something crazy coming from someone that's a big reader. So I've kind of taken that experience and like, okay, like shut off Netflix or cancel your subscription or reward yourself with it when you get X, Y, and Z done. And I think something I've really taken from you is just like, if you're not feeling it, don't do it. But if you're feeling mad inspired to write a chapter of a book, like just do it. And then you could go back and figure it out later. Maybe we'll have to do um, 
we'll make it like one of those self-help books, like the no internet year, the year <laughs> of no internet where people go and out into the woods, like cancel the internet for a year and they're just forced to do everything. It's true. Manually. There you go. It was, it was like a throwback. <laughs> and it's so simple. And yes, I still had my phone and my phone worked, of course, but it's just like, okay, you can't binge watch an entire show. Like you have to like do something. So, and I went to bed early because I never understood why you'd go to, like, you'd be in bed. Like, I'd like, yo, you alive? You're like, yeah, I went to bed at eight o'clock. But I get it because you did your stuff and now time go to bed. Yeah. It's dark out. Follow the rhythm of the deer. Yes. What was that experience like for you, though, dealing with that over the last year? And of course, sometimes you hotspot wouldn't work or run out. How was that? Um, I'm trying to think about the wave that it went in. Um, Because when I first found out I couldn't get internet, it was just like, okay, (laughs) what do I do? Um, And so I spent a lot of time trying to find a solution for that. And then it was slowly... Realizing like, okay, well, I don't have a TV set up because I don't have internet and I'm spending these evenings just like a little bit differently now. And that's, of course, like I started writing a lot. So I'd have half a bottle of whiskey and write for (laughs) six to eight hours um, and just like spew stuff out. And it kind of became a rhythm where I was like, there was something so relaxing in finding that I would open up a computer that didn't have internet connected to it. All it had was Microsoft Word that I was just writing on. Um, and yeah, it was like, it was, it became really, really relaxing to be able to do that over and over again to the points where I would like be at work and it's like 11 o'clock and like, I can't wait until it's four. So I can just like sit down, put on some music and write until it's dark outside. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's four in the morning. So it just became like first, obviously fear of like, what am I going to do without internet going into realizing that it puts you in a rhythm and then all of a sudden being like, I don't even want internet. It's <laughs> so distracting. And yeah, I've done pretty well, though. Like even moving back to the UP, I'm out of Grand Rapids. I have internet again, which oddly enough, I had to leave Grand Rapids and come to the UP to get internet. <laughs> exactly. But um, I've been really, really good about finding time to not be distracted and sit down and continue to do the work. But I don't think I ever would have got there unless I was forced. Fair. How do you kind of incorporate that in your schedule, whether it's every day, every week of like, I need time to do this? Is it D&D your phone? Is it just like unplugging? What do you do? Because I and I know a lot of people I talk to say that they're like, well, I don't have time. And it's like, I know I say this and I do have time. But, you know, watching Netflix or playing Candy Crush is so much easier or doom scrolling on TikTok. It's brute force. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's like. I just make a rule that like, you have to stand in front of the canvas, even if it's for 15 minutes today, you have to just go sit there and like, look at it once a day just to do something. Otherwise I feel like, okay, then the whole day is just like skipped of like, you didn't actually do the work of trying to do anything creative. Um, I have started writing every morning, but also it's like, sometimes I don't write till the afternoon. I write in the evening and it's because I want to be a, a writer And I'll notice that like after I finish a big project, like I could finish my book in March, uh, maybe April or May of last year, and then just like stopped writing. I was like, oh, I should at least like write even if it's like two sentences every day just to work the muscle. I don't have to write a full book. I don't have to do chapters, but like I have to brute force. If I want to be a writer, I have to write. So whether it's big or small, and then I do the same thing with painting where it's like I just want to sit in front of the canvas 
maybe I do something or maybe I do nothing, but at least to your point, when I walk away from it and go do something else, I've already started that thought process of like what might be next. But yeah, there's no, there's no rule other than like you have to do it. Fair. And it's a choice. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you pushing this book out there? Are you releasing it to the good world? What's it about? No, it's a, did I ever send the whole thing to you to read? Nope. Oh man, I got it. I actually, I got it printed like just um, like printer paper in a manila folder just to have the physical copy. Nice. But um, I don't know. It was very therapeutic to write. It is like a memoir style, uh, but it's not, it's not linear by any means. It's not specific story. It's just like random essays. Okay. Piled together into whatever. Um, The idea of it was that like, Kanye West, John Mayer go to Wyoming and like sit there and trap themselves and write these albums and like come out with masterpieces. And as I was sitting there with no internet, I was like, let's just use this to do something like that. Um, and I wrote every single day and I was trying to find it. And it just kind of came to me that I was like, oh, I want to tell all these stories of myself and like who I am without telling stories of like how I think about the world or what my opinions are. And instead it's like, it's objective storytelling of like, here's an experience I had, here's an experience I had, here's an experience I had. So it was really fun. I got to put it together and like I would send out a chapter to two different people and one person would be like, wow, this is super sad. And the other person's like, wow, what a great story. <laughs> and so it's like, because it's objective, it kind of subjects you as the, as the reader to decide whether the experience was positive or negative. Uh, obviously, I think they're all positive or I wouldn't have written about them. But yeah, so... I'm not publishing out to the world yet. Okay. Um, I don't want to self-publish it. I would like a publisher to pick it up if I'm going to release it, but I haven't really done the work. I haven't been inspired to do the work. I don't care whether or not it exists. A few people have read it. I have a physical copy. feels good enough for now, but that could change. It could change. It could. I know. I have a stupid supportive girlfriend who... <laughs> will probably just pick it up and send it out to every publisher she can find. So, Yeah, I made your art page. Like, ugh, We love Tess. Tess is the next episode after Nick's if you're listening. So, yes, we love Tess. And she's a badass. She's an entrepreneur, like sold her business. And I can't wait to hear her whole story. But I think it's important, too, to have people around you that see your vision. Or I forgot who told me this, but it's in reference to you know, your books, different opinions from people. Someone gave like a Holocaust survivor's count of the Holocaust, like a one out of five stars. And it's just like, you're never going to please everyone. Like that's your own lived experience. And (laughs) it's, I'm not like, it it was just like so funny because the irony. Yeah. It's like, this is my experience. Are you going to give it a one out of five when I survived the freaking Holocaust? But um, I always think of that, especially when we're all so self-critical or just like so hard on ourselves for no reason. I'm like, okay, just remember you're never going to please everyone. Like, especially in that yeah, situation. So, yes. I'll have to find it. It's yeah. funny. Like whole review on Amazon saying like one out of five stars for this count. And I'll have to remind me today to send you over the PDF of my book. I will. A lot of Lisa content in there. <gasps> Love Lisa. Lisa's his mom. She was also on the podcast. She was one of the first ones too. I think first 20 uh, episodes. Yes. But Kind of going back to that, and I know we talked about this, like more about you growing up and everything on the first episode. So go back to the first one if you want to hear Nick's uh, life story there. But how has this kind of shaped you, especially like moving back to your hometown, 
and your mom just is, I swear, an angel on this earth, like just like good vibes. I love the woman. She is like the one person I told like, hey, I think I'm going to make this big life change here. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just like dumping all that on you. And she's like, I'm a life coach. It's fine. I'm used to it. How has that kind of shaped you? And, you know, I know you have your coffee dates and everything, but like putting all the love into that relationship and she just like supports you in everything you do. Yeah, it's obviously very lucky to have that support system. Like a lot of people end up going alone or they're dealt with objections, like especially from the people closest to them and especially parents and family members. Like I deal with it a lot with my dad, actually, who is he's always like, are you sure you're making the right decision? Um, Do you have all your bases covered? Like, do you want to think twice before doing this? And then there's Lisa, who is like, it'll all be fine. Have fun. (laughs) Go. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Just go do the thing and don't think twice. But she also at the same point is like, if you are going to do it, like do it, like go get it. Yes. Go all in. Yeah. So I'm very, obviously just very, very lucky to have her in my corner and like makes me not feel so guilty for being able to just like enjoy not having a ton of responsibility right now um, and to go get to explore things and to try new things that I want to try. So very lucky there. But then I think ultimately it's challenging for me because it's it's not how humans want to operate is to allow yourself that comfort, that flexibility. You know, you don't always want to be pressured, but it's like her willingness to let me go explore almost forces me to put the pressure on myself. Yes. Right. So it's like challenging to be like, hey, you have to change who you are in order to be successful in this space. You can't attack it the same way that you would attack everything else. So inadvertently, like her willingness to be so open to everything I want to do kind of forces me to get out of my comfort zone more than I naturally would. Now, tangent here, but it's relevant. Now, have you read Dave Grohl's memoir, Storyteller? No. I am the biggest Dave Grohl fan. Like, he will be on this podcast. I am manifesting this now, and I will I will probably be deceased, like, if he comes on. But one thing, I didn't realize he dropped out of high school, and his mother was a high school, or uh, what was it? She was a high school, like, English teacher in Virginia, and her own son's going to drop out of high school. She tells him and he calls her. He's like, Mom, I got this opportunity. Go travel with this band. Like, what do you think? And she's like, all right, you better be good. (laughs) And that just like when I heard that and I immediately thought of your mother, which is so funny of just like and his dad was not as present. He was involved in politics, whatever. And he's like, I never want to talk to you again. Like, you are such a disgrace. So just like polar different views. And him and his mom, like, are very close still to this day. And it's so funny because that's just kind of shocking to hear from a high school English teacher. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you better be good. Like, go do it. I'm going to support you. But, like, don't make me regret agreeing to let you be a high school dropout at 17 years old. So it was worth it. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, oh, what an angel that let him do that. Yeah, I think. Matthew McConaughey has a similar story yes. in his book. Like he, he left and wanted to go to NYU for film school. And his dad just says, don't half-ass it. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, that's all I need. Right. Like, as long as you're not going to cut me down. Like, if I don't half-ass it and I give it 100%, I can still fail. But at least it's like, you went and did the thing. Right. And I think, depending on your upbringing, of course, like, not everyone has parents that are supportive or a parent that's so supportive. And it can be a lonely journey, but... I think it's going all in on the people, relationships, whatever that are just like, 
hell yeah, like you want me to jump how high and let me support you and catch you as you fall. But Mm -hmm. you were pivotal in that actually for me. I'm just like being so nice to you on this podcast and this is just (laughs) making me uncomfortable. But I appreciate it. I think it's very much like, I don't know if you guys listening know this, but Nick and I met off LinkedIn. Like I literally slid in his DMs because he's offering like free marketing operations and strategy and was so pivotal in helping me get off the ground and like all the tech stack we use. So like we literally met off LinkedIn met in person actually like two years ago almost now. So kind of funny, but it's like you were being more supportive than some of my friends in my life, some of my family. And I'm like, I just met this dude off LinkedIn and like he sees my vision. And that's been true for a lot of the guests we've had on the podcast, clients we've had, and it could be a lonely journey, but especially I know you've had, and whether you want to share or not, but you've had some like big changes, of course, over the last two years. I mean, honestly, since we first recorded that podcast, but I know losing some friends or gaining other friends, but how do you kind of take that and run with it and don't sit there and go, woe is me, this sucks. I gotta have fun with it. Yes. I think it's, um, I make it so personal to the point, like I genuinely don't care about the opinions of others too much anymore. Like with my art stuff, I think I'm getting there. Like that's a vulnerable expression to make, but like at the end of the day, if people are like this blows, I'm like doesn't, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, but really, it's about getting to have fun with it. I think what we just talked about, like the don't half acid piece, is a such a massive benefit to the mindset as you go into something. But like if you can enjoy the process or the creation of it or the actual activity. And it's fun for you to do. That makes it very, very easy. It does. I enjoy getting to only work three hours a day right now. It's my business where I want it to be. Uh, Not today, but I'm still very much enjoying the fact that I have all this free time. And I think I would be in a much different place if I wasn't able to enjoy that. If I was stressed about it or if I felt like I had to be on a different tier of my business and you know, I'm only going to be successful if it gets there. That would just make the process suck. Or I'd care more about the opinions of others. And instead, because I get to have fun with it, don't care if somebody thinks I should work more, I'm having a great time working less. I don't care if somebody thinks that I, my paintings suck, I'm having a great time making them. And those pieces of spending like a day at a time make it very, very easy to not take those opinions in from other people. Um, I spent a lot of time oddly like thinking about like mortality and like the process of like you could die. It's deep and it doesn't like it doesn't mean to be deep. But if this was the last day that I like spent time doing stuff, I would prefer that I was enjoying the process more than fighting against it. Right. And you did set yourself up for success to get here of like you said, not having internet, not paying for all the subscriptions to things you're not using. And just you, I think you were the one person I know that actually embodies like living simply and within means. And just like you prepared yourself for this where mm-hmm. you can go spend the money on all this art because we know art supplies are not cheap. So expensive. And your record collection you have that is beautiful and just like also not cheap. You set yourself up for success where you have this opportunity. So if you're listening and if there's anything, and I learned this, especially if you've heard my story of live within your means. And if I don't want to say like you need to struggle for a little bit, but 
you do what you want, you live simply. And I feel like this set you up for being at this part in your life where you could do whatever the heck you want. And you're still selling your art, you're still getting that conversion. I mean, it's been freaking six weeks, which is crazy, because I feel like it's been longer, but it feels like it's been three months. Yeah. I was like, you sure six weeks? But I guess so. And you're doing the right inputs and it's work smarter, not harder. Three hours a day, if that's three solid hours of work, then that's a whole eight hour day if you're doing every single thing there. I mean, you're doing this. It's, it doesn't feel like work, but you're promoting yourself. You're talking about yourself. You're saying what you're doing. And I'm so here for it. Yeah, it's it's been so fun. It's been so fun. Uh, it's the only thing like I th- not necessarily what you mentioned of like living within your means, but I think it's understanding not means, but like essentials and essentials can mean different things for a lot of people. For sure. Right. Like for my sister, smoothie bowls are essentials. Like if she has to spend $20 a day on smoothie bowls, like those are her <laughs> essentials. But it also means that like there might be other things that like don't matter to her the same way they don't matter to me. So it's like it's knowing what I'm trying to get at is it's like it's not a monetary way of living like your essentials can be expensive, but it's also not filling your life with like clutter or distractions or stressors about things like I have to have all of this stuff. Right. So it's just like knowing like what's the bare minimum I need to be happy. And for me, it is hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of art supplies. It's thousands of dollars in a record collection, like buying a new one, adding it to the stack. Something that brings me joy getting to sit and listen to it. Um, it becomes like a tangible experience. And those are things that I need to have. And what I don't need to have is $800 groceries and other stuff. So it's like, <laughs> I just kind of balance and figure out where I want to put my wants. Mm-hmm. I like that. Essentials is better for sure. Yeah. It makes living simply very easy because there's something can come up and I'll be like, I don't need that at all. I've lived three years without it. <laughs> and there's like, oh, there's this record that you need to have. And I'm like, I will leave today and go find it. (laughs) I will find it now. Yes. Yes. When you come to my neck of the woods, there's this awesome record store have to take you to like it's I every time it's in Royal Oak and it's just like I I go in and every time I buy something. But me and Tess are going to be in Detroit. It's either March or May for a concert. What concert? Oh, I don't even remember. She's like, (laughs) you want to go to this? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm getting us tickets. So I don't remember who the artist is. I'll ask her and let you know. Amazing. Awesome. But yeah. Is that Fillmore maybe? Is that a place in Detroit? Yes. That's my favorite venue. Yes. That doesn't help because there's so many things. <laughs> yeah. My, one of our my old clients actually is like the VIP experiences manager there. So. I'll hook us up. Well, tell, when you tell me, I can hook you up. So <laughs> this random show between March and May sometime in there, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, but awesome. So as we wrap this up, what advice do you have for listeners? Go do dope shit. (laughs) Go spend your time doing things you want to spend it doing. And then also like give yourself the discipline when I mentioned like brute force to actually sit down and do it. Like even it doesn't have to be for an hour a day. Like there's no quantity limit on what an action is, but like give yourself the space to at least like struggle with whatever it is that you want to do. that's probably it like if you want if there is something you want to do just make time to do it just do the damn thing yeah and want to do it like have fun with it get creative be able to enjoy it the way we just talked about there's so much pressure on 
if you do something, you have to do it well, or you have to do a lot of it, or you have to do it consistently. And I think the more important piece is like, A, you just, you do have to do it. And then B, you should enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, it's not worth it. Love that. Nick, I'm so thankful for our friendship. I'm so thankful for you bullying me into doing the best things possible. Now, those of you listening, if you want to check out Nick's art, what he's up to, his website, all the things, head to the show notes and tune in again next week for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.